from worlds beyond to right at the gaming table. These are all my fantasy children. Welcome all to All My Fantasy Children. My name is Aaron Catano Saez. And my name is Jeff Stormer. And this is All My Fantasy Children. It's a tabletop RPG-inspired, world-building, storytelling, and character creation podcast where each week we take a listener-submitted prompt, then we spin it and create an original world detail, myth, legend, character that help populate a fully formed fantasy universe called fantasy. <laughs> it's very good. It. It's yeah. a great... Um, but first, we talk about important things in our lives and what's getting us excited and what's on our mind this week. Hell yeah. And Jeff, I want to start, though, with something. What was the cooking with Jeff and Aaron? What was it? At the table with At Jeff and Aaron? At the table with Jeff and Aaron? What's something delicious you've eaten this week? Before we talk about getting excited. The thing that I have eaten that was delicious. I mean, Jen made some really wonderful curry last night. Yum. I had a burger yesterday that was Yum. delightful. I'm going to talk about, like... Uh, or a food that's, like, on your mind. Like, what are you dreaming of? I am super dreaming of... Do you know what I haven't had recently and I genuinely love? And I've been, like, trying to find, like, a way to get it. And I know that I really can't because there's not really any places that are open that I could get it from. What's that? Is a French dip. Those are surprisingly delicious. They don't look great. I had one as an adult for the first time recently. They're good. I adore a French dip. What's your favorite thing about it? Uh, the act of dipping a sandwich into a bowl of meat juice. <laughs> you know, it's, have you ever, like, I've watched on, uh, um, Diners, Drivers, and Dives, like, someone make them. Mm-hmm. When they're, like, well-made, they're very elaborate sandwiches. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, like, it's a, comp- it's a, it's a big, like, thing, like, and I, but for me, it is the joy of dipping a sandwich into a cup of meat juice and then yeah. eating that sandwich, like. It's fucking good, you feel like there's, Kobayashi. There's a very kind of goofy <laughs> energy to it. Yes. That like makes it fun to to eat. I like I like dipping things. I'm a I enjoy food that makes me dip uh it into other food. It's just a thing that I enjoy. I love um, that. Yeah, that's that's what uh that's what I've been that's what I'm looking that's what I'm looking I've been thinking about. Um I mean right now Jen is making some uh incredible uh like meat sauce gravy and I'm so hyped for it. Uh it's delicious <clears throat> and I'm fuck. like I'm like so jazzed for it. That's dope. Love that. That's what I'm here for. I'm like, that's what you're at the table with this week. That's what I'm at the table with this week. <laughs> what I'm at the table with this week is in my top five favorite foods. Is I've been walking to my local New York bagel spot. This place called uh, Sunside Bagels. It's fucking do- or Sunnyside Sunset Sunset Bagels. I think it's fucking so good and i've just been getting half a dozen bagels i come home and i buy the philadelphia cream cheese and i put them in the oven and i crisp them up and i have been doing like avocado and cream cheese i've been making like egg sandwiches with them but it's just something that i always forget that you can bring them the fuck home instead of paying Mm -hmm. like way too much but i've just been shredding bake like after this recording i'm gonna have a bagel and i'm very fucking excited i'm so excited for you like i'm excited so good my mouth just i just got watery thinking about now what is your ideal bagel do you do cream cheese like are you a cream cheese guy you're a butter i'm a guy? cream cheese guy i like cream cheese um i like a flavored bagel 
Mm, like I like a I like a flavored bagel and a flavored cream cheese. I what go. What kind of bagel? What's your favorite bagel? Oh, I love a cheddar jalapeno bagel. Ooh, baby. That's a solid. Um, I adore a sun dried tomato bagel. Yup. Can't go wrong. No, uh, ma'am. Let's see. I like like I like like a savory flavored bagel and then like a complimentary cream cheese uh sometimes i'll throw some locks on there but yep. like a complimentary cream cheese that goes with like a savory fav- flavored bagel sounds great. good to me Fuck can't yeah. go wrong my favorite has been lately there's a egg and pumpernickel twist mm. that and garlic is really it's like st- fucking that sounds good. really good yeah that sounds really good but yeah that's what's uh, now that's what's at my table this week now just <laughs> trying new things folks now jeff what's getting you excited this week Aaron, can I tell you about the new game that I've been playing? You can again, because this is the second intro we've recorded uh, as my audacity crashed. <laughs> Aaron, if you believe it or not, I'm playing two video games right now. <laughs> Wait, what? I, I thought you were telling me what we told me before. No, before no, we- I've got a new thing. I've got another thing to tell you about. I'm playing a new game, and like, I'm really excited about it. Um, I kind of hope that our listeners go and check out this new game that I'm playing and I'm really excited about. It's called, let me look up the exact title of the game, the specific game that I'm playing. Um, I feel like this is a bit. I feel like I'm about to get had. Um, it is called Ace Attorney. <laughs> it's called Ace Attorney. Okay, so you're playing the Phoenix, right? Yep. I'm playing Ace Attorney 1. Okay, starting strong. <laughs> starting strong. What do you feel about that, you current uh, hip teen? I am loving every when that minute. came out. I looked it up and it might be 2001. Yep, it surely is. To the year 2000. Jeff, we were in eighth. That's when we graduated eighth fucking grade and started high school. What? Yep, that's where we're at. I cannot. I well, cannot. they released Ace Attorney Trilogy on the Switch is my actual oh, justification. Okay. Okay. I'm sorry. Uh, that I mean, you know, I, can you blame me for being like jaw slap hanging open? Being <laughs> I, like, I wanted to, I wanted you to be jaw. That was that was like I, play I Fire was, Emblem. You were one. being had, Aaron. Is <laughs> yeah, what was okay, happening? Good. I knew it. I knew it was a fucking bit. Damn it! What are you, you liking it? I've never oh, went yeah, down we, that road because I didn't have a DS back then. Yeah, well, the, they're available on Switch. Um, the Ace Attorney trilogy. I am loving it. Yeah, I adore it. Like it's so much fun. It it it. it it just make it, it jazzes me up. It is so just exciting and fun. The uh like the bits where you're gathering evidence and then like I love the witness the cross examination so much, just like drawing out answers and and and, and catching them in their lies. It's yeah. it's incredibly satisfying. I know it's uh I, what I know about it is it's it's deceptively simple looking. They mm-hmm. figured out how to like make an approachable detective game that isn't like a la noir type like thing it's like simple it's nintendo as fuck it's very it's it is simple it is deceptively simple and it is very uh like thorough and very enjoyable in the level of like like you have to like a lot of times you know you'll present the person like you have to find the exact point in their testimony that's wrong and then present them with the evidence that that proves that they're wrong yeah and you get to hear the objection a lot of times you have to kind of string together two or three things and be like you said this that's wrong because i have this piece of evidence and they'll be like well actually that just proves this other point that i'm making and then you go well actually i also have this other piece of evidence that proves and like you kind of have to like do these kind of combo chains it dry it, it it's it's my whole 
My whole brand, my whole jam. So after that trilogy, you should try Danganronpa on. Okay. Uh, you should get it for what's it called? Um, Steam, if you can. Danganronpa is like a it's a murder mystery game. It's it's Japanese and it's it's intense and it's like you know it's a murder high school game. Everybody's locked in a like a high school. Everybody has to kill each other. But if you kill someone, someone kills someone, they have to get away with it. So mm. after a body is found, you have to gather evidence because someone is the murderer and someone's trying to get away with it. So you have to Got build it. a case against like everyone. It's fucking dope. But anyway, right, that I'm cool. happy you're playing fucking video games. That makes me happy. Yeah. Um, what's getting me jazzed up this week, I'm going to say this again, because I really like Fire Force. Um, it's an anime I've been binging. I watched like literally all of it, which is like, 45 episodes in like seven days. Um, it's very good. If you like My Hero Academia and you want it mixed with like the mystery elements of Attack on Titan's world, um, and you like fire powers, it's fucking good. It's about, it's, it's, it's very good. It's very good. You should be watching it. Um, and if you do, at me and tell me who your favorite character is, because mine's Maki. I've been pretty much immersing myself in the shit that makes me happy, God forbid. Hell yeah, hell yeah, live it. <laughs> bagels live it. and anime. <laughs> live every live every day like it's bagels and anime. God damn right. Um, but first, I want to give a shout out to somebody who drew amazing fan art that is now like the, the uh, album art, basically, for all our Celeste Silverna episodes. And that's at, on Instagram and Twitter, GG Draws. That's G-I-G-I-D-R-A-W-Z, GG Draws. Uh, GG Draws drew amazing, ridiculously beautiful art of Celeste Silverna. Um, and it is incredible. It's out of this world. And I am making the call that GG Draws needs a 1,000 followers by mm-hmm. the end of the year, or I'm not making another episode. Fair. No, that's yeah. fair. That's a, yeah. I, 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 I support this. Yeah. And everyone should go and commission their art because it's dope and it's open and it's fucking fire. So uh, commission artwork from GG Draws because it's good and it's amazing. And if you want to see an example, go to the Celeste Laverna episode or our Twitter because it's all over the place. We kept retweeting and bumping it. But it's very good. Go do that or no more AMFC. That would be the YouTube clip is like me with my – the clip art is like me with my arms folded or saying like no more and Jeff being like tugging on his collar. Yeah, right. <laughs> yep. Um. Oh, and to transition again, like a true professional, uh, into the topic, prompt this week comes to us. Speaking of Celeste Silverna, prompt this week comes to us from Roxa Crocker on a Discordia. Prompt, Penumbra, Bastion at the edge of the ruined lands. I'm here for it. I'm very here for it. And first, I just want to give the quickest overview of what the ruined lands are in case you're just joining us, if I may. Yeah, go for it. So in the world of fantasy, our world, and all my fantasy children, this podcast that you're listening to, the Ruined Lands are an area of fantasy. It's sort of, it's a, think, continent that when a uh, prophecy foretold of a Carrion King would appear, uh, basically a giant demon lord named Sarath the Carrion King arrived like a meteor and landed in the Ruined Lands, which uh, became immediately affected by um, energy from another dimension called Order Energy, because in our universe there are two, Chaos and Order. Order is an opposition to chaos, so immediately the world became different and twisted. The plants, rocks, and trees began to take shape, become, like, sentient, and became, like, the army of the Carrion King. And it's basically this region that's fucked up. It can't access our magical ley lines, so people there can't use magic. It's a fucking mess. Um, The Five Jeweled Crown, the heroes of yore, sealed Sarath the Carrion King away, defeated them. And now it's just this place that we haven't gotten a lot into yet, but 
I imagine it's full of like really powerful monsters, end game content, dungeons, and like scary shit, and nobody fucking goes there. So now we're going to talk about a town that's on the edge of it. And I know you're hearing this again, Jeff, but can I read you the definition of Penumbra? Yes, please. Penumbra, the partially shaded outer region of the shadow cast by an opaque object. So this is between light and shadow, Penumbra, on the edge of the ruined lands. I'm here for it. And it's I'm a here town? What do you, what do you, I know you want to, do you still want to play a game? Yes, I have a game for us to play. I'm, I'm very excited ready about for this. us to play this game. What is the game? Uh, let me pull, let me, let me finish prepping this deck of cards and oh, then I'll shit. tell you so that it's I'm not distracted. I do not know what game we're playing and I'm all of you. I want to build excitement. So I'm just going to be like, I can't stop shaking. I'm so nervous. I don't know what Jeff has in store. That's right. You don't. I'm building hype. You don't, you never do. And that's because I am, I am a, I am a great and powerful wizard. <laughs> I'm a math magician. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Shuffle a deck of cards I'm putting in front of me. Aaron, we are playing Outpost by Gordy Murphy. Um, Gordy created previously Apotheosis, which we've played uh, before on the show, which was the game of like legends that change over generations. Uh, This is a game for two to four players about uh, how the actions of informal leaders can change the course of a community. We are creating a fictional, like, it is a game about a fictional small outpost on the edge of, of dangerous territory, like, is isolated from the Holy, world. That's so perfect. That's what I said. That I, I I messaged Gordy because we're on a Discord together, and I said, how do you keep making games that are the perfect fit for this particular podcast? Whoa, I am so hyped. Um, You can find, you can find... Outpost at gmurphy.itch.io. Um, and yeah, this is the game that we're going to be playing. I have some questions about um, Penumbra on a like a high level. Okay. Then we're going to create some, uh, we're going to kind of briefly create some like impromptu engineers, or not engineers, impromptu leaders of the community who are informal representatives of larger segments of the community. And then we're going to each play out a handful of like problems. So this is going to be a little more of an actual, if you're cool with it, this is a little more of an actual play than our usual like uh, episode format. I don't support actual plays, but I will support this. All right. Fair. I'm I appreciate I that. I respect actual that. Plays, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, you should, nor should you. You should. No, I, I don't actually. Um, okay. So we have a handful of questions. Um, the way this game is going to work on a high level is we are going to create fiction. Like I said, we're going to create characters who are sort of informal leaders of the community. We're going to answer a few questions about the community, and then we're going to face problems that are based on set prompts tied to the suits of a deck of cards. Let's go. Uh, Those problems will exist in four main areas, law, culture, resources, and security. Um, So we are going to answer four questions. Excellent. And and if there are other questions that kind of emerge, uh, we can answer those. But I think for now, we're just going to answer these four questions. That give us kind of, since we have kind of a loose picture of what Penumbra is, it's this small kind of town on the edge of this sort of place that is uh, teeming with life in this very kind of aggressive way where everything is alive and everything is, is everything is alive, everything is hungry, and everything is, is violent. Yeah, hostile. Very, very hostile. So we've got some questions, and I just kind of want to throw out your first kind of, uh, your first impulse answer. Mm-hmm um let's let's start let's answer these questions how did we get here oh the people on the outpost yeah have they always been here yes okay i want to say that if you think of like 
Um, if you were to think of like the blast radius of like a crater, like a meteor being the land of ruin, this would be it. Maybe this was just a part of a city that was already there. And this is all that now remains. OK, I hear I'm here for this. I like this. I, I, I didn't want this to be a, a, a settler community because that no. felt icky to me. So I'm glad that that's what we're going with. This is like something that's already it hasn't been eclipsed by yeah. the land of ruin and the the carrion king but it's one chunk of yeah. something that might because then we can play with like lost a lost civilization i like type that thing. i like, like that. what's left um so why did we want or need to start a new community i think the answer to that is pretty comfortably like um you know you start like when when, when disaster hits you start over right yeah, exactly. Like, um, I imagine, do you think that the town once, like, faced down monster attacks? Was it something like that? What encroached, like, what, why is there such a small piece of this left? You know what I mean? Um, that is, that is, there's, actually, the next question is, why did you pick this place? And I think the answer is because this place is defended. Ah, uh, okay. I think the answer is, like, these are, like, there are, like, uh, structural defenses right there are towers and walls and things that made like this chunk of the of what this city used to be safe oh can i can i have a pitch yeah so i see it that it's up on a rocky cliff right Mm -hmm. like it is a naturally fortified thing where it's like it's a really high up on like a rocky cliff edge it's basically on top of a mountain Mm -hmm. that if you were to walk to the edge of town, it's like a straight, sheer, carved piece of rock, like completely mm. flat, that faces the ruined lands, because all of the other mountains in this entire mountain range became like giant titans of stone, basically like the Greek mythology-esque. Like, yeah. you know, if everything came alive, I'm thinking like the very mountains themselves that are within this range of order energy began to walk and move and be hostile, except for this town. It's literally just like cut off. Like if you were to take a cookie cutter, you know, when you cut into the dough, there's all that trim that's left behind. This Mm -hmm. town is on like the edge of that trim and everything else became sentient monster. I love it. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Dope. I like the idea of like giant rock Titans walking around and like just, and this is like, the only reason why it's still standing is like things maybe can't reach it. It's like this little tiny thing on top of a cliff. So now we're going to answer four more questions about our community. We've got some visuals. We've got some we've got some 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 factoids about the community. We're going to answer a question about culture, law, resources and safety. Those are the four things. Our characters will have those four things as stats because we're going to be rolling some dice. Question one, Aaron, what do what do the people of what do people of Penumbra value? Oh boy. Um hmm. Cuz I'm fi- so just to get my juices flowing. I'm seeing this as sort of like a town on the top of a canyon that like if in kind of like the only visual representation I think is someone on the edge of a canyon can look down and see like this great mass of like flat land with giant monsters marching and like just wandering basically like an MMO where things are just kind of walking around mm-hmm. but they're incredibly dangerous. It's like scary as fuck. And so what would you value if you were surrounded on just one side? Because the other, the rest, like to your left, basically, I guess, would be like fantasy. But to the right is like the most dangerous end game content in a video game. What would you value the most? What's, um, you know, what you have? What I, here's what I want to throw out. I want to, I want to put a real spin on this. I'm ready. Um, I want to pull, I want to pull a little bit on real life stuff and also just kind of make a, a sort of an artistic thing. 
which is uh, specifically living to tell the tale. Ooh. And here's what I mean by that. Imagine a mountain got up and walked. Yeah. Like, just think about that concept for a hot second. <laughs> I know. Like, it's dangerous and it's terrifying and it's scary. But, like, imagine if you could tell your kids that you saw that. True. Imagine, like, you could go. Imagine, like, you could be the person, the people, the community that said, like, we watched mountains get up and walk. Dang. And we lived. Yeah, this tiny community, this tiny outpost on top of a mountain, they saw, they see all of this. And, like, yes, it's dangerous. Yes, it's scary. Yes, it was created by the influence of, like, a horrifying demon. But, like, it's also alive. And it's also kind of, there's a beauty to it. Yeah. That I think, like, imagine being, like, we're living to tell this story. I really like this a lot. And it it, it comes, for me, it reminds me of... Uh, sitting watching TV with my dad on Y2K. Mm-hmm. Like that idea of like the doom, I thought doom was happening and here yeah. I was sitting like waiting for it. If I, you could even imagine looking down from mountain and like the mountain adjacent to you like punched its way free and like the trees grew like bulging arms and tentacles and like began fighting with one another and just becoming these terrifying nightmare beasts and you just sat there while a demon king you know, basically, like, rode on a chariot of fire, you'd be like, holy, I was there. Like, yes, that's terrifying. It was apocalyptic. But, like, I was there. And we lived, mm-hmm. you know? we And we still maintain the tale yeah. of, like, otherwise, people would just be like, it's always been that way. Mm-hmm. That's And that is something I've always thought about with the Ruined Lands is, like, uh, something about, something I hate in fantasy is when, like, it's always been bad and scary. It's like, well, people knew that, like, what and they would then therefore know what used to be there. Yeah, 100%. you know what I mean. They would used to know like what the land used to be like and what rivers used to be there, and now they're fucking like lava or acid and like you know dangerous. So it's this kind of oral tradition passed on about like, well, they weren't always this shitty, and we have to live to tell the tale of the day the mountains moved and the yeah. rivers, you know turned into cyclone beasts and things like that because if we don't who it, it's keeping their culture alive yeah it's making sure that the culture of the people of penumbra is maintained the people who walk the line between light and shadow mm-hmm. like the people who lived in this space before it was demolished these people are still there are still people that are here and their stories matter and also the story of what is here in its place because i think also The thing that I want to avoid with the Ruined Lands, and this is peeling back the curtain and going writer's room for a minute. Mm -hmm. I think it's easy to kind of like, it's because, like, it's easy to picture it as like the full-fledged, like, evil place. Yes. I like the idea that, like, it's more complicated than that, even if it is like a dangerous and unsafe place. Like, there are still beautiful elements to it. Of course, yeah. And like- People recognizing that is, I think, a really cool and valuable thing. Yeah, I I really, it's, I'm thinking of it as the way of, like, it was kind of, yes, it was created by an otherworldly phenomena, but there is something cool yeah, to, like, a cool river, like, every river in the ruined lands is an elemental. And, like, like that's on itself, and, like, even, even with all of the, like, deep, deep, like, meaningful stuff we've been saying, there's also just an element of, like, look how fucking dope this is, that river just came to life. Yes, like, yes, 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 where everything is sentient and dangerous and hostile, 
it would be beautiful. It's something like it gives you this perspective of how small you it's something that I've noticed when I've seen like mountains or mm-hmm. seen anything like, you know, you, the, the perspective change. It's it's looking it's overview effect. That's the word I was looking for. Can you tell me what that is? I can. Um, overview effect is something that has been reported by like virtually every astronaut that has or like a lot mm, of astronauts that yes that like that like when you see earth from space yeah it like changes you like yeah. it changes you to be able to be like that is like everything that i've ever known in this entire different perspective right like to see yeah. the world change changes you and that is kind of what i picture this to be and i like this idea that um like, it's scary, it's dangerous, you know what I mean? It's fucking, like, as soon as you were to, like, say, slide, like, go down the mountain, the sheared the sheared rock face in, like, a little basket, you know, a little gondola or whatever, like, <laughs> and you were to land down, like, you're, you're in terrifying land. Like, you're an endgame mm-hmm. content, if you're a level one mage, you're, you're fucked. So I like this idea that people stand and face you know, the, the quote darkness or like the danger, this is their life. They're like, we see the, we see the beauty in the shadow as well. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't just, you know, admire all the happy shit that's in fantasy. Like there's nothing inherently, e- it's not evil. It was an effect of yeah. like, of the chaos and ruin magic and all that stuff that we called it the, the power of ruin is what made this. It's what mm-hmm. shaped this. And they acknowledge that there is beauty in that. Like that there, these, these beasts and these, you know, monstrous things that I'm thinking like gigantic, like oh, yeah. pterodactyls made of fern or like. And like, <laughs> that's dope. And like the see those things and to be able to say like, we told, we kept, we told that we have the record of this and we told the story and we told the story of the people that lived through it is a beautiful thing. Can I make a pitch about what is important to um, the people of Penumbra as well? Yeah, please. It's, it's, it's something where it's like, it's in a lot of fantasy stories keeping these things from getting into fantasy hmm. is it something like that because if these are like cataclysmic mo- mountain like you know mountain beasts you know is it something where it's like and you know not it's kind of like a park ranger can't just let the bear fucking wander around Ah, uh, that actually so there is a next question oh shit that i actually kind of want to run with that and like introduce an element here yes um, cause I have an answer to that and a response to that. Okay. Um, so, but the, the next question about law is who's informally in charge. Um, our, our community in its sort of nascent state doesn't necessarily have like a formal governmental structure. Yeah. It is, it is a bunch of people that have gathered together and are basically like weathering out a storm. So what I, I want to throw out to you, that's just, that's, that's pulled from the game, but what that's are the details? That's very good. The detail that I want to throw out to you and the question that I want to start with what the fuck are they going to do? Who? Like, to your question, right? Like, yeah. of, like, to your pitch of, like, they are going to keep these things, keep these entities, like, contained. My response question is, what the fuck are they going to do? Can I make a pitch? And I, well, I have a pitch to follow <laughs> up with that. Okay. <laughs> it's not about containment. I like the idea that it is people who are here to, like, go and, like, if ne- if it ever came to it, there are the people who are nom- like informally in charge is like a small cluster of people who are trained in like overland travel okay to go and warn people right like the the the, the reason that i asked the question of like what are they what can they do is like kind of nothing but i can go to the next town and be like yo something is on its way so they just tell people to get the fuck out of the way i think so <laughs> like 
Because, like, like in the same way, like, what do you do if a mountain walks up to you, Aaron? Oh, but in a, not me, but in a fantasy world, I'm going to fucking shoot, like, a shadow bolt at it. Well, then maybe, then maybe that's what the person that warns them does. Like, you know what I mean? Maybe it's, maybe it's get your, get your posse together. Some shit is coming. Yes, that's, that was my thought was that the town, you said it was from the game. It was like a ragtag, you know, group of people like on an, you describe it as an outpost. Yeah. And I thought of it as like fucking watchers on the wall, man. Like, oh, yeah, I'm thinking, for sure. like, I feel very much that not so much contain. But we're like, you know, if a fucking fern pterodactyl starts flying and is like gonna, you know, leave the ruined lands, you know, someone has to like, for lack of a better term, take that shit out. You know what I mean? It, yeah, it's I'm gonna here wreak for that. havoc. But like, I that's was my thought was like sort of like you know we love an order, but it's not really an order. It's just a community of people where it's like you live in fucking penumbra. It's like yeah, place is fucking rough, but like if I don't do it. Who will? I and love, also, like, it's our, this is where we grew up. This is like, my, this is our, our, our family's always been here. We have to keep it safe. And, like, the only way to keep it safe is by, you know, keeping stuff from, like, climbing this fucking rock face. You know, maybe that's, like, the way out. What if it's both, Aaron? I mean, I'm not, not to be a self-parody. What if there are people in charge of, like, if it, because, like, there's, like, a t- if a pterodactyl made of a fern flies over your head, you could probably, like, wrestle up a group of people and, like, take that thing down. Yes. If a mountain is walking by you, ain't shit you're gonna do. It's true. And so, like, there are people whose job it, and, like, so maybe it's it's that the people nominally in charge, it's like there's a mixture of the people who are protecting the people in the city, and then there's the people that go out of the city to warn other places. Yes. And it's like, yes. those are the two groups that, like, work together, like, nominally, like, because there's the people that protect us, and then there's the people that protect others, and they have sort of taken up the role of, like, we are we are the we are nominally in charge here right like yeah you know i think that's those are the collective people that that are nominally in charge can i give you a pitch so i think that these two groups the one that deals in warning people is one called the embers mm-hmm. and the other one is called the umbra because one deals with things that are in the shadowlands of the of mm. ruin and shadow and the other deals with stuff that's in the quote sun which is like in the light of fantasy world so it's like two different groups working in tandem where like if that if it's like you know say a giant rock monster starts climbing that cliff face it's up to the people in like the the dusk or like whatever i said um, you know, to deal with that, fight a rock beast. But if it's something where it's like, oh, it's already through, call the people that are in the, you know, yeah. sunshine, the sunshine league, and they're going to go, you know, deal with that. Yeah. I'm thinking of it as like, because when you think of it as an outpost, I'm thinking of it as like, it's a, it's barely a fucking town. Oh yeah. There's like, it, there's like 50 or so people and they're all just kind of like huddling together. Yeah. And your job is to pretty much like, you're not job, your life is holding that line and appreciating it. Like, you know, you don't just live to be like some kind of warrior, but like it is protecting your town from your, from this fucking horror that encroaches, you know, and stuff just wanders around. It's not like bad. It's not coming to fuck shit up, but it's kind of like MMO. You might draw acro one day. Someone Mm -hmm. might be like, you know, getting water from a well or something. And all of a sudden, like a giant, you know, panther demon is running at them. Be like, fuck. We got to get somebody from like the, I don't know, the umbral order to fucking deal with it. The yeah. dusk order, the shades. They're called shades. The shades. Yeah, it's, it's the, I, th- I thought you said it was the embers and the umbra. That's it. That's what I said. I couldn't remember. Yeah, that's what you said. <laughs> and it was dope. 
It's cool. So yes. So like that's kind of how it's the work is like split up, I feel like. I love it. Um so we've kind of answered the question of how safe or unsafe is this area. I don't really need to get into that. (laughs) Um the question that I have a pitch for you is what are your available resources? Mm. I have a pitch for you based on like what you had said for like where this community is. Yes. Aaron, if this was literally a house on a hill, like if this community was a group of people who had settled in the ruins of some of some rich old fuck's house who was like fairly <laughs> removed from the rest of this community and still still died. But yeah. like people then came in and there's like farm there's like some farming like an area where they can farm and grow some oh, crops yeah. and it's like, like a, it's na- like I got a setup. It's like a it's um imagine if like a homestead. Imagine if people settled in Castle Dracula. Yeah, is what I'm kind of picturing, right? Like, Fuck big, yes. big spooky castle on a, on a mountain. Dracula's been killed, and like 50 people just show up, and they're like, nobody else is using this place. And they refer. What, what did I say the two groups were? The Embers and the Umbra. Yeah, like in two groups show up and refer to themselves as the Embers and the Umbra. Like, you got yourself a dope little f- setup here, and the resources are all that rich guy shit and like all that cool property. Yeah, you know dope playhouse this is where and it's defended it's it's gotten it's got defenses that yeah. fa- failed at one point probably because you know rich old fucks get what's coming to them hashtag eat the rich mm-hmm. and like other people moved in and, and who know how to live in harmony with with the land in a way that this rich old fuck didn't yeah like you know they they're not just going at like I have to say, like, the Umbra aren't just going out there, like, fucking up monsters. They're not monster hunters. Yeah. It's just, like, a group, like, that's the muscle. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's muscle. And, like, the embers I saw as, like, they're travelers and, like, trackers and shit. So then maybe uh, maybe what I want to throw out is, um, maybe what I want to throw out is that this rich, I keep calling, I keep calling them a rich old fuck and I'm not going to stop. No, nor should you. Um, maybe t- bouncing off of that, maybe what got them killed is that they did try to pull in a group of like capital M capital H monster hunters. And they're like, go fetch me, like go fetch me something. And then the monster hunters got fucked up and whatever fucked up the monster hunters was like, well, now I'm coming for you. Like, I'm, oh, you know, I, and, oh, like the rich old fuck got like just destroyed because they, got big they got big with the ruined lands and 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 they uh to quote the great city of philadelphia they fucked around and then they found out they found out <laughs> i like i like to imagine oh can i just put like a all i have for this episode really is like lots of images about what i'm seeing go for the it. Ruined lands, it like, i'm living like. i'm living for it so i see this castle dracula on it's like you know the typical cliff that it's always on in every castlevania game and then, like, it drops way down, 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 almost mm-hmm. as if it's, like, to enter the Ruined Lands is a crater, like a deep, deep, deep crater. So there's that incline. So the only way up is, like, you know, the bucket, I guess, the elevator, basically, to Castle Dracula. So, like, something, like, things have to climb is what I'm seeing or fly up. So it's not, like, easy for things to get out of the Ruined Lands because it's essentially, like, a giant crater is my image. But how this rich person fucked around and found out, as the kids say, is sent these monster hunters out. Like, go out into the ruined lands. And, like, I'm sure there's, you know, of course, there's treasure. There's gold to be had. There's money to be made. There's. Can you imagine if you bring back, like, a, you know, a a Shadow Panthers, like, I'm thinking fetching quest. Like, bring back the Shadow Panthers claw. And, like, you could... That's like otherworldly energy we're talking about. Like the ruined lands are populated with creatures and entities that are like not of this world. 
Mm-hmm. It's like a place of mystery and power. And, you know, I'm sure the legends began to spin. So the monster hunters go out and they come back. But they have been, like, taken by, like, the marionette creature, you know, and they just, like, you know, stab the rich lord, the monster hunters, yeah. and they all fall dead. Like, and it. so it's this tale about, like, you don't go, it's not a place where, like, capital A adventurers are like, let's go out there and seek adventure. It's like, no, fuck that. No one is high enough level to venture out into the ruined lands. I love it. It's something where it's, like, the very, like, two, that's why it's about repelling like umbers, umbras are about like repelling monsters because mm-hmm. it's like you can't kill that. Nobody yeah. can. It's not something no. you can. You will find out if you fuck around. Yeah. And so it's something where I, I I'm getting this image of if you were to slide down into the crater, you just feel this pressure in your chest of like, oh my danger and like otherworldly energy, and you can't you can't fuck with it. It's you'll never be strong enough. It's that part of every RPG that you're supposed to lose. Mm-hmm. Where you can't win. You just do zero damage. <laughs> I love it. <sighs> I'm about this. But the resources. So what are the resources? This is just the house or is there more? I think it's is the there house. like a special I think there's ore? Like, I think there's like farmland around it, right? Like there's like yeah. a, maybe a garden that they've converted into an area where they can grow food. And it's like oh. enough. And there's like pantries and there's like places where they can live and there's defenses against what is outside. And like you can make a community and like it says a lot about this this rich old fuck that they could build an entire 50-person community where this one rich old fuck lived. So something that we said earlier was, if in the ruined lands you don't have access to magic, you're just like fucking me going mm-hmm. up against like a titan. Right. But when you're at the house, I'm thinking like magic farm, fucking magic wall, like you know what I mean? Like the whole yeah. wizard regalia of like, you know... Oh, there's a magic cloaking thing. Bubble like, magic shit is at the house. Now, that house is like a goofy magic wizard castle. It's I'm Castle Dracula. There's all kinds castle. of magical shit. Exactly. Like full of tons of artifacts. Because if this is a generational thing, it would be like embers and umbers, umbras have been like leaving shit for each other for generations. You know, there's magic swords, there's magic shields, there's shit. There's a stuff. It's like a wacky wizard house. Castle Dracula. Wacky Wizard House. Yeah. Castlevania. I can't wait for Castlevania uh, 10. uh, Wacky wacky Wizard Wizard House House to come out. (laughs) And it's played on the Wii U. And I know that's not like it's not a new console. It's actually, no, it's a VR game where you walk through the Wizard House and you just play with stuff that you find. You just have fun. You just have fun. You just have fun. Wacky Wizard House. And Alucard is like, I'm interested in this. Why don't we hang out at my dad's house? And you kind of have a sleepover with Alucard. (laughs) Please don't. Please don't read my fan fiction on air, Aaron. <laughs> I'm on a, a archive of our own right now, and I'm on. I'm seeing Wacky Wizard House by Dex Dynamo. Please don't and, read my. Please don't read my fan fiction on air, Aaron. I don't appreciate. it. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> so yeah, those are the answers to our questions. We've got a lot of stuff fleshed out. Let's quickly whip up some some characters. Okay, and then I'm we'll play through that. some scenarios. Oh baby. So these are going to be pretty broadly defined characters. Um, these are just people who function as an informal representative of a larger segment of the community. Naturally, we have come up with two large segments of the community. So it feels pretty natural to be like, this is, this is the, this is a member of the Umbers and a member, a member of the Umbra and a member of the Embers. Yes. Would you like to play an Umbra or an Ember? I would like to play an Umbra All if right, I could, because I, I am Ember. passionate about rich, the rich fuck and making the house, the, the how, wacky wizard house cool. Because that's like, not that they're like housekeeping, but it's more about like keeping that upkeep. And I'd be more, I'd be more interested in like, 
you know, I always want to fight. All right. <laughs> well, I'm going to roll some pronouns. I'm going to roll they, there. My character's name will be, uh, my character's name is Bal Penwist. Fuck. What the fuck, man? Seriously? <laughs> Bal Penwist? Bal Penwist? Shit. Um, Bal is, uh, they, their pronouns. And is, I'm going to say, they are, um, they are the first, they are the first ember. They were the first person to, like, make the call to go to a neighboring village and warn them of something that was on the horizon and have their priority, like, they are, they are the, they are the eldest ember. Ooh, okay. I like that. And they are, they are deeply invested in mapping out neighboring areas and training embers. I'm obsessed with that. So this is like the ember. This is like the first ember, the person that started the practice of like, we have to go warn somebody. Uh, And now what I'm going to do, the last thing I'm going to do for character, all character is, is a name, what their deal is in a sentence or so. And then uh, you're going to assign four stats to culture, law, resources, and security to how uh, skilled and or important they, how skilled they are or how important they see certain things. I'm going to put security at plus two uh, i'm gonna put security at plus two i'm gonna put i'm gonna put resources i'm gonna put culture at plus one what does that like mean what do these things mean um, you know like these stats so that in play uh we're gonna flip some playing cards that are gonna represent problems related to one of these four areas and how equipped we are to handle those problems is what those stat bonuses represent so I'm very well equipped to handle security related things and I'm fairly well equipped to handle culture related things because I've been around a while okay. and I'm like teaching a new generation of people like practices of like building relationships with neighboring with neighboring communities and and being someone that looks out for other people like I am putting those I'm putting those practices into place so okay. I'm putting a plus 1 in my culture uh, resources yeah. I'm putting at plus zero because I think that like I'm not the person that like gathers and or farms for resources. It's not what I know. And I'm putting a minus one in law because I think like uh, I think they I think Bao does not feel comfortable being like a capital L leader. Yeah, I think they don't want to be the person to like get into the messy, the messy politics of being the person in charge. Yeah. Even as they try to teach people, they like actively push away from the idea of like how to how to build a law and a legal system and they yeah. like they're like i don't know we just survive like that is that is further thinking than than val is comfortable with so i'm putting a minus one into their law stat i'm about it so talk to me about talk to me about a member of the umbra okay so she is a she is too she is the leader of the umbra we'll okay. say and her name is um okay i can do this um wisteria shade blight fuck (laughs) i looked up flowers that bloom at night and so i wanted wisteria and then i was just thinking of shadow words so wisteria (sighs) shade blight is this is how you feel every episode (laughs) i do (laughs) so wisteria shade blight is the umbra she is the person who like you know, is always like, uh, people say that Wisteria does not sleep. That's like the myth about her because she always is looking out into the darkness, into the crater. She knows more. She's one of the few people who's been out into the ruined land and has come back. It's like one of those things where it's like back in the, in the yesteryear, they used to go out, I think, and like, see, you know, try to like, 
you know, you would, I, I feel like it would be like, you know, try to see if there's any more outposts. And then once they learn that it's way too dark and way too scary, there was a lack of interest there. <laughs> Fair. So I, I feel like Wisteria is the type that, you know, knows how to fight. No one's seen Wisteria, like, actually do anything in a long time. And that, but when people are around her, they feel that, like, with age, wisdom, and power that, you know, is oftentimes in, like, a high-level wizard. Where it's like, if you've made it this long, and you've been in charge of the Umbras for this fucking long, you must be, like, no joke redonkulous powerful and everybody respects her for that reason but Mm -hmm. everyone is very afraid of her because she has that like goth gloomy black cloak that looks like it's made of like disintegrating shadow on at all times real goth real goth i love it i'm here for it (laughs) yeah and so like she when i say leads the umbras it's sort of just like she calls the shots of like any defending like actions or any and kind of like I feel like investigates what chaos order chaos energy is and order energy is and like kind of tries to figure out if there is a way to, you know, actually challenge this, you know, to in order to like, you know, because you can't fight them when you're in there. But if there is a way to like push order energy back, like maybe the land could be turned back and like every river won't try to like knock your teeth out or fucking kill you, you know? Yes. So. Let's real quickly assign your stats, and then we'll flip some cards. Okay, how do I pick this? Um, So you have a plus two, a plus one, a zero, and a minus one into the four areas of culture, law, resources, and security. So what what is your highest priority? What is Wisteria's highest priority Um, for her community? Oh, security, for sure. Security? Put a plus two in security. Okay. Uh, What's next? Um, What was it? Oh, resourceful. Resourceful. Resources. All right, put a plus one in resources. Uh, are culture or law more valuable to her? Oh, culture. Then culture is a zero and law is a minus one. Yeah, All this right. is someone who would do, like, it's, didn't ask to be the leader of the Umbras, mm-hmm. is is just that position. Like, when people refer to her as the leader of the Umbras, she's like, please, stop. Like, that is not my game. That's not my life. I simply want to keep Penumbra, like, running. I want people to tell the fucking tale. I like that neither of us want to be the leader of the community, and I think that the pitch that I want to make is that, like, we have sort of settled into a comfortable sort of uh, communal space without, like, a formal kind of leadership role. Mm -hmm. Like, there are people that people respect and turn to, uh, like, with a sense of authority, but there is no, like, elected person. It's just, like, people looking out for people. People looking out for people, and Wisteria knows damn well that if shit were to hit the fan, she would be commanding, like, you know, the counter-offensive type thing. Like, there's just a deep understanding of who is in charge, I feel like, from everyone, and it's the people who have done actions to kind of lead. But no one is like, I think Wisteria and Bal should be in charge. Like, no. It's just, like, a level of respect. And they've been there the fucking longest. Is that it too? Like, have yeah. we been around for a really long fucking oh, yeah. time? We're 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 old. We're old as fuck. I, I love it. this and like these two entities that have just been there. And like, when people come, I, do people join? Is it like people from I, other towns, or is it just like is I, it people I, from I, the I, town? I like I like. I'm gonna say just out. I'm gonna say mostly our town with some people who have come to either join and, and aid in the in the fight, or people who have come to like explore. 
explore like you know what i mean like see the thing right like yeah, tying into the if, if in the spirit of living to tell the tale there are people that have come and and you know it's very much like you arrive somebody hands you a sword and is like get the fuck ready yeah pretty much and like there is i have to emphasize that there is such a deep appreciation from both the embers and umbras mm-hmm. about the beauty and the majesty of it yeah. what's well, not about killing shit it's about like you know let them be you know, but if they don't let us be, we have to do something. We have to do something about it. I like that. Cool. All right. Now we're going to really quickly play through some of the game. I've only pulled about four cards. We're just going to flip those four cards really quickly. Um, what's going to happen is I'm going to flip a card. There's a prompt in the book. Uh, it'll ask us a question about like building our our world. And then uh, at the end of the game, we kind of just talk about like what our character, like what happens for our characters after this and what the community looks like after some time, after some time. Cool. So we're going to be kind of building this community as we go, kind of in real time. I'm about it. So the first card that I flipped is the three of spades. Spades represents law and the prompt, which I like. Um, and so how this works is when, 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 when. Uh, I flip a card. I will be the this is sort of a thing that Bal decides or Bal kind of acts on. And when I ask when I when I read a card to you, it's a thing that uh, Wisteria acts on. And we collectively kind of we are kind of the authority on these things. The other people can give pitches, but it it comes down to your call. And then you're going to roll 2d6. You're going to add your relevant stat to that. And you want to. Compare that number to the value on the card. Okay. And if your score is the same or higher, you achieve the goal as intended. If it's lower, it plays out in a way you didn't anticipate. Fun game. I'm about it. I'm here for it. So I've rolled a three. I pulled a three of spades. The question on the three of spades is, do we establish a law about private property? And if so, what is it? I'm going to say, I think Bal actively says no. Okay. I think Bal says, I think Bal says like, you know, be kind to each other and, and be kind to each other. And, like, I think that's as much as Val can kind of muster, right? Like, I don't yeah. think they care that – I don't think they care that much, and I think that they – I don't think they feel like they can invest the time in that, right? Like, Val's no, perspective no. is, like, there, there is no time for you to figure out, like, property taxes. Yeah, and nobody – I feel like nobody would come to Penumbra, this fucking region on the edge of, like, calamity and fear incarnate, and be like, I'm going to open a shop. It's like – no, that's never happened before, and I don't know if it would. And it's I, I, I think that there's there's questions around like so and so stole my shit, but like I think at the same time, like I think that the a law of just like be kind to each other or else. Yeah. It's not I, I feel like it's a tight ship because it's like there's there's not a lot of time for squabbling yeah. and silly and like, you know, and stupid shit because like it's about you know, keeping a community safe and going, and they also have to keep each other alive. Exactly. It so is- it's like, it's like we we look, it's like look out for each other, be kind to each other, because like, why the hell would we not do that? And I think that's as much as Bal can kind of muster as a as an answer. Yeah. And so I've rolled my two d six. I've got a six. I'm going to subtract one for law because Bal is not someone who is uh skilled at enforcing the law or sort of playing that leadership role. Which still gives us a five, which is higher than the three, which means that we, like, uh, things go as we want. And I think, like, yay, we put down this sort of, uh, the, the thing acts as intended, right? Like, we yeah. we find a thing. Like, the world gets a little better. Good. Okay, good. <laughs> I was worried for the kids. So now, what I get to do, the one tiny thing I am going to do is I'm going to shuffle uh, the jack of 
spades into the deck. And then when we pull four cards, we'll still call it. But there's a chance that we pull a jack, which is like an interesting, which is like an int- there's more interesting questions because we, we, we pulled, uh, we had a successful thing that's going to present some interesting questions. Dope. Aaron, I've pulled for you the two of diamonds. Okay. The question for you, some of our tools need to be adapted for a new task. What is it? And how are they adapted? Showing up to Penumbra, you can be the greatest warrior um, in the world. You can be the most powerful wizard. But if you do not know how to clash with the shadow or like fight against fear itself, basically you need special gear to even stand a chance against things from, um, from the ruined lands. So it's like you literally throw everything away when you show up. And you have to get new, like, things are forged on site. Like, people have to, you have to basically make equipment and bless it with, not bless it with, but, like, encase it with magic, enchant it with a certain kind of magic that can, like, you know, pierce through otherworldly beings. Okay. Yeah. Does that work? I love it. <laughs> roll me 2d6. Roll me 2d6. Well, we, we actually don't need you to roll because you got it automatically. Oh, lit. So, yeah, uh, that's exactly how it goes down. What do you see? Because I see... So, my first thought is um, Bal and Wisteria. In the anime opening that is this show, it's like... And it's them, like, back to back, and one side is all dark, and the other is, like, bright and, like, sunny, but, like, warm and fiery. Like, you know, fire Mm -hmm. and shadow type thing. And I think the two of them... When they put their, like, you know, magical essence together, like, you know, they make finger guns at each other. And when the two laser beams meet and it beams down into, like, the tip of a spear, it, like, glows a certain color. And that is what can, like, kind of stab through, like, a rock beast. I love it. It's kind of this thing where it's, like, without these two groups, without these two types of, you know, thinking and approach, because what we're doing with this game, I think, is approaching, like... The two ways of thinking that the embers and the umbras like uh, take approach to this city with, yeah. and without it, it all falls apart. So it's like this element of leaning on each other, and without it, you can't do either one. Oh, can I? I have a pitch. I actually have a Hit better me. way of doing that. The umbras' job is to protect. Like they choose to stand and fight. You know, they are the fighting stuff. And the other one is about like spreading the word, travel. You said map making. Yeah, map making. Wisteria possesses magic that, like, kind of blesses Bal with great speed, with flight, with, like, you know, sight. You can call to a city from, like, the top of the hill. You can, like, send your voice across the world to warn someone. But Bal's magic is what enchants weapons and armor to protect against the shadow. So the two need each other, and what their magic does is kind of in help each other out. But they can't do it themselves. I love it so much. So I... When I said I shuffled the jack in earlier, I, I actually did not shuffle the jack in. I shuffled a different uh, card. Now I've pulled that card. So I've pulled the king of spades. Oh, shit. Oh, this is actually way. This is this is nice. This is neat because it follows suit on like what we were talking about earlier. Mm-hmm. And I really I hate it. <laughs> and I hate it. Well, I hate it. And I hate it for Bal. Because I don't think they want this. The town, I've pulled, the town needs a new way to enforce laws. What is your approach? I, I'm going to double down. I'm going to say the scenario, like, I think, I think something has happened. I'm not particularly interested in the specifics. Like, something happened that someone is like, that was obviously like a crime, like should be a crime and should be treated as a crime. Right? Like, there's a, there's an undeniable dispute. 
And I think like I'm going to double down. I think Val makes a decision that I don't know is I don't think is the right one. Okay. But it's the decision that Val makes. What is it? I think what happens is Val like actively refuses. Val's like, I'm not a leader. I'm not in charge here. Don't come to me. And I think like in doing so, it kind of uh, uh, I'm going to roll. Yeah, I'm not going to roll because it doesn't matter. And I think because I think what goes wrong is it casts the, the embers in a bad light. Oh, shit. The embers become kind of a uh, I think the result is like uh, uh, Val refuses and they're just like, I'm not taking us. I'm not taking part in this. Like, I am not I am not your I am not your ruler. I am not your monarch. I am not I am not judge, jury and executioner. Don't come to me with your petty squabbles. And I think they kind of maybe close rank a little bit and the umbers just kind of like maybe like pull back from the community and just kind of become like a little more of a I almost picture the embers becoming like the mysterious the mysterious people at the edge of the room. Right. Like if you need someone, if you need a message sent to a neighboring community, you find an you find an ember. But they're not but like they're not they're no longer like a centerpiece of the community in a way that they were just because Bal, who is sort of seen as the authority, is so thoroughly like you keep trying to make me a monarch and I have no interest in this. If you need a messenger, we will do it. But like we are pulling like I am pulling away. And then by by extension of them pulling away their their sort of allies pull away and they just sort of become they become just like shadowy figures at the edge of the room that you talk to if you need to damn that's a bummer it's kind of a bummer it is kind of a bummer that it's like it's becoming this like (laughs) moody it's becoming this house of moody people where it's like this house of grumps Mm -hmm. because i i like it kind of being a mess i'm not gonna lie the castle dracula this wacky wacky wizard house is not it's like poorly organized it's a hot mess like it's a hot mess it's like ragtag shit and that's why i'm here for it i love it i'm here for it um all right aaron your your second and final question before we okay. kind of talk about the and this is running long and I like that. I'm okay with yeah, it. Yeah, it's fine, Gear. Um, so I've drawn the nine of clubs for you. That is security. The nine of clubs is there's trouble. Um, I'm gonna spec I'm gonna I'm gonna flavor this a little bit. There is trouble because the the prompt is there's been trouble with a group of people in town. What kind? I'm gonna say you can answer that straightforward if you like, or if you want to flavor it as like a crisis is unfolding and there is something that needs to be dealt with. You know what I mean? Like a, a giant monster or something. You can run with it on that level as well. Okay. So there's trouble in town. Trouble in town. Okay. Someone, um, hmm, I gotta think. There's trouble in town and like what, how do I deal with it? Yeah. Mm. How does Wisteria deal with trouble in town? Wisteria deals with trouble in town. I want to say harshly because of the stakes are very high. I'm cool with that. You know, like, I, I, I want to say, like, the stakes are so high here that, like, people who fuck around and, like, you know, the fact that it's a mess, I think the two of them know. Mm-hmm. The two of them have been there for a long time. They've seen people come and go. They've seen people, like, lie, and actually they just wanted to dive down into the ruined lands and, like, see how far they could get. They've seen capital A adventurers pretend to be embers or umbras and, like, jump down into the crater and, like, try to see how far they can get. They've seen it all. And when they catch, when Wisteria so maybe, catches you, maybe if I can throw out a prompt, maybe that's yeah. the group of people. It's like the thing that you're you're dealing with is like a group of a group of people like joined up with the community, right? Like, mm-hmm. but they very quickly like word of something outside of outside of the city appeared, and they just like 
grabbed weapons and are like, we're going, we're hunting. And like they are they are, in fact, capital A adventurers who like join the community for a chance to find like a cool thing to kill. And so what happened? Is it like one event and how she reacted? Yeah. Yeah. Tell me tell me how you reacted to that event and then roll dice and see how it plays out. So there were adventurers who dove down, they pretended to be umbras, they, you know, hung out and were watching and like learning and listening to Wisteria's tales about like, you know, it's not a joke, it's not of this. And then she found out that in the on the cover of, you know, night or whatever, they slid down, they went on a quest. And when she heard this battle erupting below with like giant, you know, these are powerful level 99 MMO adventurers shooting blasts and, you know, clashing with magic great axes did nothing to help them until the battle went quiet. I love it. It's like, I'm not, I'm not throwing my life away. You know, I'm not putting this entire wacky wizard castle at risk because these people wanted to be dumbies and not and not follow them rules that I laid out. We like, you know, me and battle the boss. And if you don't follow what the boss says, you're going to get rocked by like a bunch of geo dudes. <laughs> I love it. I'm here for and it. Like, I'm extremely yeah, like, here for it. Yeah. It's like if you go down there doing dumb shit, it's like don't expect my all powerful ass to jump down there and save you. I will let you burn. Roll me those, roll me those dice, add your stat insecurity, and you want to get a nine or better. My stat insecurity is what? Plus one in this? Uh, plus two, I think. Plus two. Uh, that is a five. So seven. Okay. So I know exactly how well. it, I know exactly how it goes wrong and how it segues into our, our end game. Hit me. Val leaves. Oh, fuck. Uh, there is a, there is a schism here because, um, you have acted in a way that like, showed a definitive kind of like leadership that bal was like i don't want in this community yeah and bal is like i'm not i I don't want this this is not what i wanted this is not what i this is not what i wanted for this this community you know we are not leaders we are not monarchs and i think bal and some of the embers i think this there's a schism where some of the embers stay behind so there are still embers and umbras but there is also a third thing Mm -hmm. that is the i'm gonna go with the tellers oh shit these are people they said we 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 stayed in this community to tell our story that was the purpose it wasn't to you know our our our, our, we were we were to watch and observe and tell the story and if this is going to turn into like a place they no longer feel like that is in line with the the nature of the the community and like the values that they were believing in yeah. You know, they were like, this was this was never about this was about more than survival and we have lost track of that. So they they and some of their rank leave and go off to like tell the story and talk talk tell tales about the things that they saw here and they leave the and they leave and the Umbras and Wisteria are kind of handed control of the outpost of the community of Penumbra. Is this a tale of a place like is it now just an empty outpost because the whole group fell apart? I kind of think it is. You know, based on what you're telling me of like these fractions splitting off, I see this as something that happened a long time this is ago. A, this is an ancient, ancient story that was told over generations. And it's this, it's Penumbra. What, the prompt is very good and I'm going to find it because it's Penumbra, bastion at the edge of the ruined lands. And it was like there was once a bastion that stood against you know, the the order energy, the shadow, and it lived in between uh, light and dark. And people didn't want to work together, and it you fell know. apart. And, like, 
that was what Bal had said, but at the same time, they also didn't follow their own their own teachings and they refused to like stick together with the people they cared about. So like it was this is a story about a group of people not sticking together, which, you know, in fantasy is a thing that there's going to be a lot of folklore around and a lot of cultural stories around. And I like that this is an example of one of them. I'm obsessed. I love this a lot. I love when it doesn't work out, but like, why? And it's like, it's too much. And also, it's too much. It was Mm -hmm. just too much. It was too much happening, too much disorder, Mm -hmm. and too much focus on the wrong shit. Yep. I'm obsessed. And that's game. Yay! Is that a wrap? That's a wrap. Fuck yes. God, thank you so much, Roxa Crocker, for your prompt. Um, If you'd like to submit a prompt of your own for our podcast so that we can make dope worlds and fucking outposts, there's a million ways you can do it, and Jeff would love to tell you them. <laughs> uh, you can tweet at us at AMFC underscore podcast using the hashtag fantasy children. You can t- post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash all my fantasy children. You can email them to us at all my fantasy children at gmail.com. Uh, you can also, what else can you do? You can also go to bit.ly slash AMFC discord and post them in the prompt submission channel. You sure can. Um, Jeff has a second podcast if you're interested in what we just did, two player role playing games. Jeff, that's kind of Jeff's thing. I'm sure you already knew that, but you're about to know even more. I sure do. Talking Nog is a yearly tradition honoring Fuck a yearly yeah. tradition. Uh, on December 23rd at 8 p.m. at twitch.tv slash GM Jeff Stormer, we're going to be taking a look at the past, present, and future of everyone's favorite eggy, creamy, boozy, spicy Yuletide treat. Uh, yeah, that's the podcast that I produced that's not this one. Oh, there's also Party of One, which is an actual play podcast focused on two-player role-playing experiences, which you can find at partyofonepodcast.com. But Talking Nog is the more important one. It is. Also, speaking of things that we just did here, like cool actual play, Aaron, do you have another podcast? I do. I don't run it, but I'm on it. <laughs> I don't edit it, but I'm in it. Um, it's called it's called Skyjack's Courier's Call. It's an all ages actual play playing Fate Accelerated, like a moderated version that's for all ages about kids, pl- uh, sky ships, and adventure. Um, and it's a lot of fun if you have little tykes who you want to introduce to nerd your nerd shit that you're into. Skyjack's Courier's Call is a great little gateway for them because it's like it's episodes are like a half hour, it's super kid friendly, language wise, content wise, everything wise, but it doesn't uh, pander to them. Like it's 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 something that will definitely yeah. ignite their sense of adventure. It's very Avatar: The Last Airbender rather than Nick Junior. So if you have kids that are like you know seven plus, I think they would really get a kick out of it, and you would too. So find Skyjack's Courier's Call. On the One Shot Podcast Network. Speaking of that, that's our parent network. They're the they're our mommies and daddies podcast network, and they're home to a plethora of dope shows, actual play, interview and discussion shows, shows like Modifier, Talking Tabletop, Asians Represent, System Mastery. If you like game reviews, there's System Mastery. Um, if you like designing games and learning from designers, there's Design Doc. There's shit for everything that you're interested in. Just browse around the website, oneshotpodcast.com, and you cannot go wrong if you have any interest at all in tabletop or creative stuff. Boom. Boom. Um, do, you have, do you have a verbal hug? I sure do. Um, make things that make people happy. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, like, you know, and that's not to that's not to discount art that makes people sad and is difficult and challenging, but like make things that that can bring connection, make things that bring connection, I guess is what I want to say. It's been something that I've been thinking a lot about lately. It's an important thing. And a lot of times you it, it's more important than you might think. And you might not see all of the connections that your thing creates, but like they're there and 
treasure them and keep creating things that connect people. I love that. That's very good. For me, it's uh, do something nice for yourself. You know, we always say that, but do something nice for yourself and fully immerse yourself in the things that make you happy. Um, Especially right now, it's super easy to feel like guilty about being not productive, which is like, it's a tough pit to fall into because especially if you're like, you're not working or if like work is different and shitty or like worse now and life is just kind of worse now, it's easy to be like, I know it'll make me happy working on a creative endeavor that will relax me. I'm like, it's okay to just kind of hang out and do something that makes you happy. That isn't work. That isn't a pursuit. That isn't anything. It's okay to just sit you know, watch me YouTube videos, play some video games, watch some anime, whatever you do to relax and decompress. It is okay to immerse yourself in that, you know, um, too much of a good thing can make you sick, but it is okay to allow yourself some joy in this world. I so agree. do that for me. I agree. Um, is that all we do on this podcast? That's all we do. So until Dang. next time, good, good night, night and good, good game. game. everyone senior wizard aaron here and if you're hearing my voice i know that means no wild audio drama details about the ruined lands this week and that's because we're eight now it's eight twenty-one on the christmas eve morning and i don't feel like really doing that right now so i'm gonna cut you a deal listener i am gonna dive into my thoughts about um the ruined lands what it's like and really develop it as like a landscape with Jeff, and also, I'm going to be doing another Celeste Silverna audio drama soon, and so I kind of want this to be a place that we talk about, like, we take time together to really talk about what it is, because I know it's fun, I know it's like this dope endgame-esque, like, you know, scary place, and I don't want to just do it in an audio drama, but I promise Jeff and I are going to sit down, really build some dope shit, play a game, make a region, talk about stuff. Um, also... This is going to be the last episode of the year, and I always want to remind all of you that 2020 will finally be in some capacity behind us, and that's a good thing. It's been a real shit poop year, and let's try to make 2021 a strong choice. Let's get off on the wrong foot, even in our own personal lives. Let's try to make sure that when we start off the year, we're feeling strong, energized, and as close to good as we possibly can. And together, we will, you know, persevere and come through the other side. I believe in you. Um, We're going to be trying to do that. And so if you ever need any encouragement, know that we're feeling the same way you are, but we're going to overcome and feel fucking great next year. January 1st, I'm going to feel fucking powerful because I'm self-generating my joy. But anyway, um, it's been a wonderful year of All My Fantasy Children. Thanks so much for listening to our little podcast that could. Um... I love you all, and I look forward to you listening to my voice after episodes in 2021. Uh, Goodbye, and take care of yourselves, especially if you live in the future and you're listening to this at a later date. Take care of yourselves just as much as you did when this episode came out. I love you too. Goodbye.